Hey everybody and welcome back to the Out To Be podcast. It's your host, Katie Zaccardi. On today's episode, I am chatting with Diane Foy and we have a really great conversation that involves you building the foundations of your music business from a PR and social media standpoint. Diane is a PR expert and she shares how things are changing in the music industry right now. So as a musician or a music industry professional, you've really got to set yourself up for success and do the work that it takes to build a foundation in your business on your social media platforms and with your networking skills to be able to take your career to the next level. There's no more like getting discovered or getting pressed to get discovered. You've really got to create the followers, the following and the brand for yourself at a foundational level in order to actually be taken seriously. And really, it is what it is. (laughs) It's just the truth of the new music industry. So we're going to dive into that episode in just a second. But before we do, I have a couple quick announcements. In March, at the end of this month, we will be reaching the 100th episode of the Out To Be podcast, which is so exciting. And I cannot wait to celebrate that with you in just a few weeks. To celebrate that, we are doing giveaways every week of March. So for this week, for the first week of March, we are doing free business audits. I am doing free business audits. A limited number of these are available and I already announced them to my Instagram followers. So I will open up five more uh, because those all went. So I will open up five more for the airing of this podcast date come Wednesday morning, we have five spots open and I'm sure those are going to fill up quickly. Head to calendly.com slash katie-zaccardi slash business audit to get yours or the link's just going to be in the show notes and that'll be much easier to click. These business audits are for you if you are wondering where you're at in your business and what the best next steps for you would be in terms of investing, spending your time and money investing yourself to learn more or take certain actions to move forward. So we're going to have a candid conversation where you're going to let me know where you're where you're at in your business, what your goals are and what you're working towards. And I will give my honest advice for what you should do next, whether it's a program of mine, a program that I recommend of someone else's or other free or paid resources that I recommend as well as specific action items you can take in order to reach your goals based on where you're at right now. This comes with no strings attached. Yes, I may recommend a program of mine or someone else's that would be a good fit, but the call is totally free. There is no reason for you not to take this and get this absolutely free advice for how to move your music career forward. And of course, I would never ever recommend something that wasn't actually a good fit for where you're at right now. I can't wait to talk to you guys for these free business business audits. Again, the link's going to be in the show notes for you to go and schedule yours now. And there's a limited number available for this week only. Normally, there is a fee for this. I don't do any coaching or advising for free anymore at all. So this is a really special opportunity that we are offering for this week only. And we'll be back next week with a different giveaway. This will not happen again. (laughs) So again, go grab yours now. All right, that is all I've got for you today. So let's go ahead and dive into this amazing episode with Diane Foy. Hey, Diane, and welcome to the Out To Be podcast. Thanks for having me. I am really excited. I was on your podcast a while back, and now here you are, gracing our listeners with the knowledge that you're about to drop. So I can't wait to dive into our topic today. Before we do, though, can you give us some background on who you are and what you do in the music industry? 
So I am Diane Foy, and uh, I think I've landed on PR and marketing coach as my title, but I feel like I do so much more than that. Yeah, I help mu musicians and actors mostly, but creatives. Um, a lot of the stuff that I will share with you today, it's basically the same formula I follow. I'm not a performer, I'm a creative entrepreneur. So trying to, I help artists like attract fans, media, and industry so that they can book gigs and make money with their talents. And uh, so there's different processes I go through, but it all starts with a foundation. My background is I've been an entertainment publicist. I was just trying to do the math, whether it's 16 or 17 years now, um, and working with musicians and actors and performers and even some visual artists. And, and uh, I just love arts and entertainment. So I've been doing publicity for so long. But uh, after a while, I kind of narrowed in on I like helping up and comers. Mm, I love that. And like too many times artists would come to me for publicity and they just don't have what I need to be successful with publicity because it's changed so much over the years. It's harder and harder to actually get press. So unless you have a solid foundation of who you are, interesting stories, why do you do this? Then have a professional brand and social media activity and this and that. Like there's so much you, you need in order to get the media's attention now that I don't even want to like, I don't want to take your money. Like I can't, you know, get you anything. So I used to kind of give them the advice of what they need to be successful with publicity. But then I kind of started realizing that they're kind of left on their own. There's no mm -hmm. one showing them how, you know? And so they're left like scrambling and throwing things against the wall and seeing what sticks and they just get kind of frustrated and overwhelmed. So when I discovered coaching, it's an opportunity to work one-on-one, -on -one, which I love. I love that one-on-one -on -one connection and just to help them um, create all the things that they need to be successful because there's, there's so much to it but everyone wants to skip to the promotion part. Yeah, and I talk about this a lot because the music industry has really changed a lot. And it used to be like, oh, go sing at a bar and maybe a reporter or a you know industry label will be there and then they'll sign you and discover you and build you up and then you'll have the money and support behind you. But that's really not what happens anymore. Um, even if you're looking to get a label or a publisher, most people want to see that you already have an audience and that you already have gotten um, press or followers or whatever it is by yourself. They don't want to do as much development work, so to say, <laughs> and which means that it puts the pressure on the artist again. And this is really whether or not you want to be signed at all. But even if you do want to be signed, it puts the pressure on you to get it together and make moves by yourself before you get that extra support. So we need to learn how to do that. And that's what we're going to talk about today, how to attract fans, how to attract media into your life as a musician and the strategy that you need and the foundation that you need to do so. So I kind of talked about it a little bit from my perspective, but I'd love to hear from yours as well, why you think that this is so important in order to have success as a musician. Well, I think a lot of what you just talked about is the industry, they don't make money unless you make money. So they kind of want you to be making money. They want you, they, they can't, they don't have it, the resources anymore. 
to invest in an up and coming artist and to pay for all your PR and marketing and pay for your photos and media training and all the stuff they used to do. So now you kind of have to show that you're worthy of their attention. And even if you're 100% independent, you still need to get gigs, whether it's live gigs, then you need to get the promoter and venues attention. If you want to get into music, into film and TV, then you need to get on the radar of music supervisors and, and also with the gigs, it's like agents and all these industry people. So you need to attract industry. And you oftentimes people would come to me because they think, well, if I get media, then I'll get the industry attention and get all this other stuff. And then, but media needs you to also do the work now and have social media activity. Mm-hmm. It's all, they want to see that you, if they're going to spend the time writing about you, especially since everything's online now, if a blog's going to post about you, they want you to have an audience so that when you share it with your audience, they get more hits on their website, which lets them have advertising, which pays their writers to write about you. Yeah. So you have to understand, I guess, the the give and take that kind of every part of the industry has to do now. Yeah. There is no free ride. So what can you bring to the table? If all you're doing is asking for people to do things for you, they don't, there's plenty, like if us also, it's like with all these industry and media, there's so much competition now. So someone may not even be as talented as you, (laughs) (laughs) but if they have all their stuff together, Mm. the media is going to cover them. And that's, you wonder why they're getting all the attention. Well, look at what they're doing. This is so true. They're probably active on social media. They're probably on video all the time. They're probably sharing who they really are, sharing stories to really connect with people. They're probably talking directly, constantly with their audience and drawing people into their world. And when you do that, people want to help you. Yes. It's so funny you say that because I was just talking um, with another music industry coach. I had put a bunch of emails, feelers out there because we are accepting applications for new guests to be on the Out To Be podcast as we plan for the upcoming months. And I got a ton of applications and I also got a lot of people who sent in really shitty applications. Meaning we have a specific question that's like, tell us in detail what you can talk about and offer to the audience. And some people would just drop like, oh, I'm an artist and I write songs about this. Or, oh, I'm a coach and I teach on this. That's not enough. That is not specific. That is not professional. And so I was talking to, I had gotten on my stories and said, hey, if you're going to apply, don't waste my time and don't waste yours. Send in a good application or don't bother because we're ignoring the applications that are half-assed and that aren't putting in the effort. And I had a friend who's also a coach write me and be like, it's so sad that you even have to say this. But the truth is, it led us to a conversation we were talking about. There's a lot of artists out there or coaches out there, whoever you are, creatives in general, who think there's not enough room for me. The industry is so saturated. There's tons of other artists and musicians and blah, blah, blah. But the truth is that while that might be true, that's a whole nother discussion. But even if it is true, there is something really obvious that separates people 
from being successful and being not successful. And that is like your level of preparedness, clarity, and professionalism. And if you are going to put in the effort and you are going to be really intentional with everything you do, it'll get you so much further. It'll get you the press. It'll get you the opportunities. And also it'll encourage people to want to work with you over and over again. And when you're not, you lose out on them. So that being said, I think that's a really good segue and discussion to have as we dive into these six phases that you walk us through in order to really get that clarity and be able to get more fans, more publicity, and really just like widen our uh, widen our reach. So that being said, I'd love to dive into the first phase. Can you tell us about that? So all the phases start with C. I might say this a lot. I have a lot of coaches. One of my many coaches always says like, don't try to be clever, you know, be clear, not clever. So I have to kind of go, it just happened that they all started with the C. (laughs) (laughs) Just worked out that way. (laughs) That way. So the first one is clarity. You need to get really clear on what you really want, what your vision is, where do you want to be in five, 10 years? And then once you figure that out, then it's a, about goal setting and reverse engineering your goals right down to what do I need to do this week? You know, so if you break it down to, okay, even if you had your one year goals, break that down to the things that you need to do for each month to reach that. And sometimes doing that, you realize your goals more maybe too ambitious, that's not possible or, but at least, you know, um, I find if you just have like this big goal and you're always working, 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 you kind of feel like you're not getting anywhere because you, you don't see the progress. Whereas if you really break it down to what do I need to do this month to get on track for the year goals? What do I need to do this week? And also when you break it down really small tasks, you can check them off one by one and you feel like, okay, I've done one little step closer to my goals. And so it gives you motivation and uh, a little bit of, of a plan of action to go for it. For anyone who is feeling like, all right, that sounds simple. And I totally get what you're saying, you know, start with the goal and then break it down and then work towards the smaller. But I have so many goals. I have so much in my head. I just don't even know how to get clarity in the first place. What would you say to them? Uh, I say I've been there because (laughs) I'm a multi-passionate creative and it's a thing. It's multi-potentialite. It's uh, you get so many ideas. And for years I lived that life but I also didn't really get anywhere, you know? And so you do kind of have to narrow it down um, so that you can stay on track because it's not possible. Like if I were to list every single thing I wanted to do, it's not possible. I'm only one person to do it. So then you spend years floating from one project to the other, sometimes not even finishing projects and oh, the new shiny thing. And I've lived that for so long. And I can say from experience that learning the techniques of focus and goal setting, it really gets you further, faster. And also that's the power of coaching too, right? So coaches just get you where you want to go faster because they already know the, the, the skills. They already have a plan in place. They've done yeah. it themselves and they can show you, you know, and I know it's hard because sometimes 
when you have so many interests. So I don't make you just give them all up. That was a hard thing for me too, is like when people would give that advice of like, you have to pick one thing, stick with it and go and give up the rest. And I hated that advice because <laughs> I can't, I, I want to do so many things. So it helped when someone said, it doesn't mean you can't do all these things. You just can't do them all at once. So pick your focus. And sometimes it comes down to what of the many things that you want to do, what will bring you money mm -hmm. sooner? Yeah. Because you need some kind of income. And if you're stuck in some full-time job that you hate, then you're drained at the end of the day. It's hard to do your creative stuff. Yes. And you try to do all these side hustles. And it's like, okay, you have so many talents because when you're multi-potentialite, multi-passionate, you have lots of talents, you know a lot of things. What of these things will get you some income faster so that you can be free up to yeah. focus on the things that maybe you want more? Um, so that's sometimes the thing. So once that gets going, when you focus on one thing, you achieve it money starts coming in, you have a little steady income, you have a little side gig that's kind of supporting you, then what's your next focus? Yeah. Then keep, you know, adding to it. You are speaking right to my audience right now because I have a lot of clients and people in the audience who are are or were, you know, if they're working with me, we've got it figured out, but <laughs> <laughs> are or were in that place where they feel like, okay, I'm like teaching or maybe coaching and, or maybe I'm trying to like write custom songs and just get like something going, but I also don't want to give up my musicianship. I don't want to abandon my music and I don't want to get too caught up in the hustle of business, but I also need to make money or want to make money so that I can actually focus on music without being insanely stressed. And what do I do? And they end up doing a trillion things at once and doing none of them successfully. And they're really stressed out. And so this exercise is so important because I tell my clients all the time, like it's not about sacrificing anything and you are able and allowed to be a multifaceted music entrepreneur, but you cannot go full force into each and every goal at one time. And sometimes even my clients will get frustrated being like, I'm in the launch, but I just want to write songs. And I, I feel like, you know, I'm being pulled in different directions you get to focus on one thing at one time that is going to serve you most based on your desires and needs and then go to that next thing. You know, it's like, it's not about doing everything at once and multitasking almost. It's about giving your all to one project that deserves your attention and getting the, the ball rolling on that so that once that's going along, you can introduce something new and basically be able to, you know, weave them into each other, interchange between the two but you need to have that clarity first to know what's the number one priority what's most important and what am I going to start with and focus on so I love that that is the very first step so what is the second thing that we need moving forward so the next one is confidence I find a lot of artists they struggle with anxiety and fear of things it usually comes down to like fear and a lack of knowledge is when I ask artists, what are the challenges preventing you from achieving the goals that you want? 
And so I think it's really spending time on figuring out your why. Why do you want this? Once you figure out what you want. So why do you want it? Um, What are your core values? What are your strengths, weaknesses? It's just really getting confident in all that you have to offer. Sometimes we forget, you know, so it's good to just kind of honor it and go, yeah, I rock at this. I rock at that. That might be a weakness. That might be something I'll work on. Um, But I think it really comes down to core values and why you want this. So how do you think that core values play into confidence? I'd love to like pick your brain a little bit more on that because I've actually never heard someone present it in that way before. Okay. Yeah. Well, say you're a musician and a lot of musicians, they're like, they have dreams of the rock and roll lifestyle. They have dreams of touring the world. And that's kind of what they think they're going for. That's what they think they want. So like, oh, that's my vision to do this. But if you really take time to figure out your core values, and if your core values are family, security, you know, you see where I'm going with this. It's like, yes, those don't match. Mm, you yeah. know, you're, you might achieve those dreams of goals of touring the world, but then you don't have the family you want or it breaks up a marriage. It, you know, it's you have to be very clear on your core values. And then it also I find the core values, it sets you up to make every decision afterwards easier mm-hmm. because when you could be presented with this amazing opportunity where everyone would say you're crazy to turn it down but if you lay every decision against your goals and core values does this fit yeah yes or no yeah. and i think it's really important because sometimes especially you know in previous decades of the industry of entertainment it's people the labels would and producers would take this person that doesn't have a lot of experience and they would mold them into who could sell you know that happens so many times with like young girls you know telling them what to wear what to say what to dress you know and what music to make and for a lot of them it wasn't who they truly were and they weren't making the music that they really wanted to make. And, you know, it's hard for someone that's young to, you know, own their core values because you don't even know what they are yet. So sometimes you have to go through experience to go through that. But if you've had some experience and you take this time to really figure out who you are and what you want, your core values, then you can move ahead because you'd be much happier to maybe have less of an audience, but have some really cool true fans that really connect with you and you get to do the music you want to do. That's a much more rewarding life than trying to be someone you're not and being hugely famous. Yes. And I think um, sort of like we're talking about at the beginning, there's there's a lot of different paths you can take as a musician and defining what success actually looks like for you versus what you think it should look like as a musician or being in the music industry is going to be really important here because it totally makes sense if you're trying to be someone you're not or if you feel like the only way that you're successful is if you're 
you know, playing at Carnegie Hall or have a sold out tour, but you know you don't really want that, you're constantly going to feel like you're not good enough. You're not going to feel confident with what you are doing because you're just basically like bumping heads with you and this false idea of reality and success. And that's not going to breed success. (laughs) So, yeah. It doesn't even have to be artists because I feel like, you know, for some reason, this thought just came into my mind that I don't think I've ever shared with anyone. But like, I even felt it in my years as a publicist. Mm. You know, I would watch all the successful publicists and what they did. And I would try to do what they do. And yeah, I didn't want to do that. You know, mm-hmm. And like, I've anyone who's ever met me says that I'm not like any other publicist because sometimes publicists are a little bit fake sometimes you know um and it's all about branding and it's like they they all dress the same and they're all kind of I call them mean girls sorry but (laughs) a lot of them are mean girls and um but even for ones that are not mean the ones that you know were successful in branding and and that yeah they might have did entertainment publicity but they also worked with brands they did you know you know gifting lounges and all these things as part of their PR company and I would kind of feel like I had to do the things like that Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and I would try to do them but it wasn't my thing and so it wasn't that successful at it and sometimes you go well why can't I get it like (laughs) they're all doing this and I think you know, it takes like imposter me imposter syndrome, comparisonitis, that kind of stuff comes yeah. out. Yeah, but really it comes down to, well, I don't even want to be that person. Yeah, <laughs> I don't even want exactly. that career. So what am I chasing this for? Exactly. You know? And so I think, you to... like you said earlier, it's about, you know, having quality fans over quantity. A lot of people will get caught up in like the vanity metrics or the numbers. Earlier today, this morning, before our call, I purged over 300 followers who were following me on my Instagram. Because I was like, you're not here, you're not engaging, or you're straight up a bot, or you're someone who's not active. I don't want you, like, clogging up my space, <laughs> my energy. Yeah. Like, I don't want you even to be following me. Even though now my follower number looks lower, my engagement rate is going to be better, which is arguably more important. Yeah. And in general, it's just about, it's not about the numbers, it's about the quality of the community. And so I, I love this discussion where it's really not... You know, there's so many different people you can compare yourself to. There's so many different journeys. But what do you actually want and what do you actually value? And that's going to help hone in the confidence. That's so good. And what makes you happy, you know? Yeah. It's like, and publicity, you know, I, you know, I did love working with some celebrities and doing all the cool parties and all that world. But when it came down to it, I value one-on-one connection. Like, I love that one-on-one connection and that's what coaching is. And it's like to have, I'm almost starting to understand like the feeling that performers get when they get to perform. Yeah. You know, and that's kind of the feeling I get when I get to really make an impact and connect with someone one-on-one and make an impact on helping them achieve their goals to bring more entertainment out into the world. It's an amazing feeling. And so it's figuring out what that is, why you want it, and then making a plan to get there. Mm. So now that we have the the clarity and the confidence, what comes next? Uh, A little bit more into confidence, but it's to captivate, to learn how to captivate an audience. And that goes to really exploring what your personality is, 
what your image is and your story. So the story could be, you know, your bio, for sure, you need a bio. But it's more than that. I think it's I have artists go through like, every aspect of their life, just write it all down. And parts of it will be your bio. But the rest of it will be for stories that you're going to tell because it's all about stories now. And you have to post so much on social media that you need a bank of stories to pull from. And it's stories that are going to get people to connect with you and share sharing your own experience. So being a little bit vulnerable. And mm. so it's all about story and image, you know, same thing what we were talking about before when image, when people would put an image on you. So yeah. this part is really figuring out what you want. Yeah. I know you have in your, your PDF of this that like you can explore your personality with like Myers-Briggs, the Enneagram, all of those kinds of things. I've been getting into astrology lately, which I find really revealing. And then there's like, um, what's it called? The human design, which is sort of like associated with astrology. But how do you think we can use these things to not like dictate who we are or our brand, but just better get to know ourselves better and more so use that as a connection point as well with people who might be in our audience? Well, I think that's why I coach on the big five. Um, like I love the Myers-Briggs and the Enneagram. I love personality tests. I'm, I'll take them all. Yeah. <laughs> and, what's your and- Enneagram? Do you know it? I, any, oh, I'm a five. I'm a three. Okay. I don't know much about fives, <laughs> but I'll have to learn. I know threes. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody knows threes, eights, and sevens, I feel like. Oh, yeah. Or at least well, I'm around a lot of threes, eights, and sevens. <laughs> I think most performers are threes. A lot of them. A lot of them. Yeah. 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 A um, lot of my clients are threes with a wing two or vice versa, which I find really interesting. Yeah. But I find the Enneagram and the Myers-Briggs, there's so much to it. There's so, it's such a huge thing Yeah. that you can't really explain it really fast. And, no. you know, that no. takes some research, you know. Yeah. Um. And you, you also, with the Enneagram, you can't really predict someone's, someone else's. They'd have to tell you. They'd have to go through it and tell you for you to know, because maybe just in that moment, they're acting like something different. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so the big five is just really simple. So I do that because it also helps with the relationships. So extrovert, introvert, where do you fall? And also, cause it's a moving part. You don't have to be one or the other. You could be somewhere in the middle, mm-hmm. it could be situational, you know, I'm 100% introvert, but in certain situations I could be extrovert. Right. And figuring out, someone else's too like um the the big five there is like openness and conscientiousness and all these different things and you figure out where you land and then I coach on okay your inner circle try to figure them out because with the big five you can kind of ask questions to kind of draw them out and figure it out Mm -hmm. because then that helps you if you know someone's more extroverted or if you know someone's more introverted you can kind of understand them better you know introverts we turn down all your invitations (laughs) (laughs) and so instead of thinking she doesn't like me she doesn't want to support me she doesn't want to do this she doesn't she doesn't want to do anything she doesn't want anything to do with me how about thinking okay she's introverted she 
needs her alone time. Yeah. You know, so it's not, you, you don't take it personally. I was just going to say that it helps to kind of like distance yourself from taking everything and every person you're interacting with so personally. Yeah. And it strengthens your relationships if you can kind of examine your personality and examine your inner circles, personalities and start to read people. I am what I like to call a homebody extrovert, aka I love to talk and be with people, but I don't love to go out. <laughs> COVID's been amazing. <laughs> I know. I'm thriving. I'm thriving. If only I could just bring people into my house, you know, in, in groups, that would be great. But yeah, not obviously during that, but it helps because I'm like, even if someone invites me to a small outdoor gathering, it's like, Ugh, I don't want to go. But I'm like, I need to get that connection. I know that's going to be good for me. <laughs> um, Can I zoom in? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. So one more question for you on this sort of like story, which is it's kind of, you know, branding, personality, telling your story. I feel like a lot of people's, um, especially musicians, their bios are kind of just like, I grew up here and then I learned this instrument and then I did this thing and it's boring. Coaches or music teachers, maybe you have a little bit more clarity there where it's like, you know, I started out as a musician and then this happened and then I started teaching or coaching on that. But how do we tell a story or, you know, bio or not, it's really more about how we are presenting ourselves and telling our elevator pitch and whatnot. But what do we, what is most important here? You know, is it about where you grew up and what instruments you know how to play? Or is it about something deeper? And how can we get deeper? <laughs> um, well, a lot of times it's there. Like even when I edit people's bios, even if the bio was this started out here, born here, blah, blah, blah. Sometimes I get to the end and there's something really interesting at the end. And I just say, most people won't get there. I have to read your bio. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And how about we bring this one little in, inter, interesting line you said. Tell me more about that. Yeah. And I think sometimes it is an objective view, like someone you don't know what's interesting about you. Yeah. And that's why sometimes you want someone to kind of help you with it. Tell your stories and someone else can kind of go, hmm that's really interesting like that I connect to that and like for example if if all your music is inspired because you had a mental health issue or yeah. something else happened to you when you were young or you know some struggle and it's kind of why you do what you do it's maybe there's a theme in your music yeah that tell that story because that is human connection. Mm. It's the human connection that you need to lead with. Yeah. You know, something that's personal and vulnerable and, and that's what makes people go, oh, I want to know that. Or they really get me, you know? Yeah. And once you make that connection and you continue and engage, they'll go check out your music at some point because you you become a connection with them. You've connected. But without right. that... If you're just presenting, I'm yet another guitar player, singer, songwriter, I make music. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Who cares? Yeah. Now, the fourth C is competitive edge. And I feel like this might 
help to answer my question that I was going to ask, which is, what if there's somebody who's like, well, I didn't have any tragedies happen and my mental health is great and I just happen to be this phenomenal singer-songwriter and whatever. You know, I don't have like a tragic story to tell. Well, there's still going to be something in that story that's relevant and there's still going to be like this competitive edge. So how do we kind of like bridge the gap between these two things and get really clear on like who we are, what we do and what makes us different, even if you don't have some crazy life event that led you to where you are right now? Oh, yeah. And it doesn't have to be. It's just a story. So it could also just be your other interests because everyone has something interesting about them. Yeah. And it could be something that has nothing to do with your music. Maybe you have another hobby. Maybe you have another interest. Maybe whatever it is that um, if you're all into astrology and health and wellness, that could be your thing. You know, yeah, you can incorporate yeah. that and people will connect with you because you're talking about that. You know, it's just about connection. So um, it's embracing who you are. And that's why you kind of need to explore it and kind of really put your whole life story out there. Yeah. And share it with others and see what they're drawn to. Right. And you can even, when you're talking to people, um, telling stories, pay attention when people kind of lean in mm-hmm. and when they kind of drift off, Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know, um, if you're just, you know, talking to someone, telling stories and it's like, and someone goes, all of a sudden they lean in and want to ask you more about it. P- take note of what was, your, what were you talking about? Yeah. Where was that? What was that story? Let's uh, explore that further. And that'll be added to your story list to tell. Yeah, yeah. So the fifth phase or the fifth C is content creation. But before we get there, we really have to use um, all the stuff we've talked about so far to be able to, yes, connect with ourselves, get clear with ourselves, but also connect with our ideal audience. Because if the audience isn't there, you know, you're, you need to know who you're creating the content for and who's listening and how you can really make sure that your content is reaching the right person. So how can we use these... Um, these parts of our brand, these parts of who we are, our, you know, competitive edge to help find and really speak to our ideal audience? Um, Well, still in the competitive edge part is target audience. So it's figuring out who's most likely to appreciate your offerings. That's also why you need to get clear on your offerings beforehand, you know? Yeah. Um, Everyone says, oh, well, my music's for everyone. And uh, (laughs) my music is so unique. It's not like anyone else. (laughs) It's like, no, it's not. So it's just being able to explain who you are and what you're offering, what your music's about, you know, who you are. um, And then figure out who's most likely to appreciate that. Yeah. And that's kind of your niche. It's your ideal audience. It's your super fans. So who would be most likely be your super fans? And you might still appeal to a lot of other people, yeah. but who are the people that are going to, you know, connect with you about one of the many things you told stories about who's going to, and sometimes you have to do a little research, Yeah, you know, maybe pick an artist that has your career. Has the career that you want in five years. Yeah. 
and maybe pick a few people and really figure out, well, what does their website look like? Well, that gets into like a little bit more of the branding and image, but yeah. what are their, their photos look like? Um, go through their social media, who are following them, who are engaging with them, who's commenting. And you might start to notice a trend that a lot of college students, you know, it seems yeah. like, okay, now you kind of know the age. Yeah. And if it's a college student, you might know the lifestyle they live and you want to really get narrow down to who you're talking to. Yeah. You can have a couple, I find, you know, some marketing people say you just need one. Um, but I find with performers, you kind of need at least two. Okay. Because one, one's a fan, one's industry. Mm, okay. Right? And the way you talk to a fan might not connect with the industry person. So you might need to like say, so I would really figure out who your fan is. You know, if that's a college student, really learn who that person is. And that person represents all the super fans that you would right. have. Um, and so then when you're promoting or you're talking on social media, you're talking to that person directly so much so that they, you know, it may be a lot of viewers, but a lot of them are going, they're talking directly to me. They understand me. They're speaking my language. Um, and then another person would be say, if, if you're trying to get an agent's attention, then you might, you know, make some other messaging that is directed towards agents, but right. Generally, you want to figure out who's going to be your loyal fan, because once the fans come, then you get the industry and media. Yeah, yeah. So I, I always say, like, Taylor Swift, her fan base is going to be, um, you know, or at least when she started, it was like the millennial, like young preteens to teens. And then they've kind of grown up with her. And now it's expanded a little bit to include some younger or Gen Zers and whatnot. But even though that's your target audience and that's who she's talking to, my grandpa always used to say, oh, that gal Taylor Swift, she's really good. You should make sure you're staying on top of her and everything. Like, she's going to be still, um, people who are a wide variety of audience are going to listen to her even still, but she's not necessarily directing her music or her content to appeal to every single person out there. Yeah, you end up attracting no one. Exactly. To speak to everyone. Exactly. So... Uh, moving fully into that content creation piece, um, we've kind of done the internal work now and really prepped and built a foundation. Now we're going more external. So what do we need as far as content creation to make sure that we're doing our part and we're attracting people in so that we can actually start to make money? Well, now's the fun part of that. Everyone wants to skip those first steps and go right here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I hope to like connect with people that how important those early steps are right because now when now it's time to share it with the world now you're confident in who you are what you want you have a plan of action to get there and now you need to put it out so make sure your website's in order make sure you have a website that's my pet peeve mm. artists that don't have a website <laughs> do you think a landing page will do like is that enough yeah. or does it have yeah okay you know, it just have a website. Just give me my website. <laughs> because me as industry or media, I might want something different than a fan 
uh, mm. than an industry person. True. Like, I might want to go to your Instagram where someone else wants to go to your YouTube or someone else wants to go to your Spotify. Someone else wants to just read your bio. And if your one link on Instagram or wherever it is, is sending me to YouTube, I'm like, can you just, I just want, so at least if you give me a link to your website, yeah, then you can all have- your links need to be there. So it could just be a landing page of like image of you, bio, all of everything I need on the one page, but make sure your social media links are very front and center. Yeah. Sometimes I have to search for it. Even if you give me your website, I have to search. Okay. Now where, where's your Instagram link? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So you just need a home base, you know, a website home base where you can collect email addresses Mm -hmm. and have a little newsletter because again, all that social media, you don't own it. It could disappear tomorrow. So You want to have a way of having a home base and that's your website. And then with the social media, it's being consistent. It's consistently posting. And I know it can be overwhelming when there's so many social media platforms and even Instagram alone. My God. I know. There's like four (laughs) different parts of it. It's like, what features do I even use? You got the feed, you got the stories, you got the reels, you got the live, you got the... uh, Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. And so don't get overwhelmed. Pick pick one thing, you know, especially if you're newer and you don't, if you're overwhelmed by social media, don't try to be everywhere. Yeah. Again, when you did that previous research of figuring out where your fans are, who mm-hmm. they are and where are they, do they mostly hang out on Instagram or do they mostly hang out on Facebook or is it YouTube? Is it Twitter? Um. So it's just maybe pick Instagram seems to be the main one that you want to do. So just pick Instagram and just concentrate on the feed. Just get consistent with the feed posting ideally every day, but you work up to that. If you can only handle three times this week. Okay. Make that goal three times this week. Then maybe next week you add four. Yeah. Once, you know, posting every day on the feed is consistent and you're there, then you can look into how to do stories or. Yeah, I would actually say I think stories to start with would be better because I think more people are watching stories than the feed post. Do you agree? No. (laughs) I'm going to stand. I'm going to stand with that. And I'm going to say if you're listening, figure out what your audience is gravitating more towards and what you gravitate more towards. But I feel like personally, I'm watching stories way more than I'm watching feed posts. Now that's not to say neglect the feed posts. Like you want to have a backlog of feed posts so people can see that you're active and you're posting consistently there. But I feel like I'd rather see people post two to three times a week on the feed, but every single day on stories. Right. So it depends on where you're at. Are you trying to attract new people and grow your audience or are you concentrating on engaging with the audience you already have that's true that's the difference between feed and stories because really the only people seeing your stories are people following you yeah that's a really good point so i i would then just double down to say do both because I think that stories are really important. Like if I go to someone's page and I see that they don't have any stories up or the stories they have are just like 
one repost of their post, I'm going to be like, oh, they're not that active or they're not really engaging their audience that much. So yeah. even if you are in a phase of growth, post more on your feed, but don't neglect your stories. See if yeah. you can at least challenge yourself to post like one face to camera story a day or even if it's not face to camera, but sharing like one to three stories a day plus the feed. Well, yeah. And you can, you know, share your post to your stories, but getting in the habit of doing that will make it easier. Yeah, for sure. The more consistent you are and the more you're posting wherever it is, the better. Um, it just takes time to kind of fully grasp them all if you're trying to learn it all. The most important thing is video. If you're comfortable on video, just do that. Yeah, put your video everywhere if that's yeah. your thing. I have to work up to that. <laughs> I have to work up to putting myself on video, but it is what's getting priority. So Instagram reels, yeah. Facebook reels, lives, yeah. Instagram lives, like that gets more attention than the feed stories, everything. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Keep adding to it. You know, once you kind of master something, then it's easy to repurpose. And you can take the same content, adjust it a little bit, and post it on Facebook, post it wherever, right? Totally. Yeah. Just maybe and not I, the same time. And I always say, like, um, <clears throat> and I'm curious your opinion on this too, but like, I don't use Facebook aside from groups, but like, I don't. I don't bother posting on my Facebook page, like my artist page or whatever you want to call it now, because uh, my audience isn't there. I don't post on Twitter because my audience isn't really there and I don't care to go on Twitter. You know, I'm mostly yeah. doing Instagram, TikTok. Now I'm doing Clubhouse and my podcast and my email list. And that's still five places. But I encourage my clients and just people in my audience to not feel like you have to be everywhere. Um, like we already said, start with one, but then really use your discretion to figure out where do you like to be and how do you like to put content? Like, do you prefer longer form content, which might be lives or clubhouse? Do you prefer shorter form content like reels and TikToks and whatnot? Is it somewhere in the middle? And, you know, if you're doing an Instagram post, send it to your email list. You know, if you're doing a video, see how you can repurpose that for a podcast or for a post or something like that. Like, you don't have to be posting a bunch of different content in every single area. You can save your energy and just basically repurpose, like you just said, so that you're reaching everyone in the different places you might be with the same cohesive message, just adapted to that platform. Yeah. And I think that goes back to figuring out who your audience is and where are they? Yeah. You know, if depending on your demographic, you know, whether they're hanging out on Facebook or, you know, the thing with Twitter, a lot of musicians I know want to avoid Twitter, but that's where the media is. That is so true. And I definitely have that. If you want to get on a journalist's radar. I know. Yeah. They're on Twitter. I all talking to each other. Too. If they're prepping for press, I'm like, dude, even if you're not like, even if you're not using Twitter to promote all of your stuff or whatever regularly, like make sure that you're making connections and having conversations on there because yeah. all of the journalists, all of media is on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah. that's so good. Okay, so the sixth C is communication, which is very akin to what we're talking about right now. And it's really about honing in on that. So tell us, how can we really up our communication skills and capitalize on that? That part is just like going deeper. You know, the content creation is is one thing. But yeah, going deeper into engaging. Because if you're just posting, posting, posting and not engaging with anyone... So the communication part is 
really focusing on engagement on social media. And then also just when we get to go see people in person again one day, um, if you're like, (laughs) you want to have your people skills for when, you know, if you're at a conference or an industry event, you want to have the confidence to be able to go up to people. And that's also goes back to your personality strengths. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Are you the type of person that, you know, really wants to have like small little connections with everyone? Or are you an introvert? And maybe your time is better spent just one-on-one, a few one-on-one things. So, you know, kind of have a plan of action, like, especially with a conference, or sometimes you can kind of research who's going to be there beforehand. And have your targets of who you want to connect with and then media skills like getting experience being interviewed and that's Mm. why it's also good to start off with the lesser known blogs and just get your experience being interviewed yeah because I was going to say I think a big part of communication is just practice you know setting boundaries when you need to set boundaries you know honing in on your your elevator pitch or the way that you respond to people when gigs or lead requests come in and some of that just comes down to like really practicing and doing it over and over again and fine tuning how you go about it based on what feels good to you and what works and what's getting results. yeah for Would sure 100 percent. okay this has been amazing thank you so much for sharing all of this is there anything else that you want to add for somebody who's going to go and implement this and is hoping to really use these things to then translate into attracting more fans and getting more inquiries coming in on their socials, on their website, based on having established a really, really strong foundation and putting out great content out there? Um, Well, the main thing is you can download this free resource. Yes. Um, (laughs) Dianfoy.com slash freebie. You can download it. It's, you know, each phase is on there and it goes a little into detail. And then I give you a couple little getting started tips. It's it's a good starting point to, and also just to see where you're at, because maybe you've already done this foundation work and maybe you are ready for publicity and all that. So it helps kind of go through the different phases and go, yeah, I got it. I know it. Let's yeah. go. And then if you have all that, then you know if you're ready for the publicity. But too many artists think, they're ready for publicity in phase five and phase six, and they haven't done that foundation work. Yeah, totally. Just like we just circle back to the beginning of the conversation, nobody is going to want to interview you or bring you on their podcast or take you seriously if you aren't taking yourself seriously and you don't have clarity within yourself. So it's so important to do these foundational steps, and then you'll be able to have the confidence and the actual strategy behind getting more press, getting more leads, gigs, and whatever it is that you're wanting to call in. Yeah. And I always say like, yes, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of moving parts, but if you want it bad enough, and that's why you really have to figure out what you want and why you want it. Yeah. Then it's, you must do the work that most people won't. Yes. Yes. Oh, that is such a perfect way to wrap this episode because most people won't do it. Exactly. Most people won't do it. And so if you're listening to this, and again, if you're feeling discouraged or you're feeling like there's so many people out there and I don't know, and blah, 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 I I think I'll just skip over it. Don't. Most people will not do this work. And if you do the work and if you stay committed, you will get further and you will succeed in all of the goals that you set out to do in your music career. So don't give up just because it seems like it's getting hard or there's a lot or you have to actually do things to make it happen. That's the whole point. And you will get there. 
and all of us want to see you succeed. Yes. Like, you know, if if anyone in the industry, media, anyone saw you doing the work that most people won't do, we'll totally support you. Yes. 100%. We want to see you succeed. Awesome. Well, Diane, where else can we connect with you and keep up with you? Uh, my podcast is Sing, Dance, Act, Thrive. And that website is just singdanceactthrive.com. And on socials, I am at Diane Foy PR on all socials. Awesome. Be sure to go and follow Diane. Screenshot this episode, tag us, and let us know what your favorite parts were. We can't wait to hear from you. And thank you so much, Diane, for coming on today and sharing your knowledge. Thank you so much. It was fun. Thank you so much for listening to the Out to Be podcast. If you like this episode, be sure to share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, rate and review it on Apple iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. That really helps us spread the message and get this podcast out to even more women in music. For more information on coaching services, head to katiezacardi.com. See you next week.